and welcome to You. You. Need to see this, a weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Cozy Orland, and I'm joined by my co-host... Luce Tomlin Brenner. Luce Tomlin Brenner. We're comedians, writers, filmmakers, and John Cusack fans. Oh, every episode, one of us tries to... Oh, he's so wonderful. What a family, what a wonderful man. Uh, Every episode, one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film. And we do it all with zero spoilers. None. Zero, none, none whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, Luce, I'm excited about this movie I'm going to be talking to you about today. I am too. I don't know what we're talking about. I'm going in totally blind. That's right. All you know is it's got Cusack in it, and that's a good place to be. (laughs) I know. I'm really excited. My heart rate just spiked in a good way. Perfect. Oh, the best way possible. Well, today's film is the massively overlooked 80s comedy Better Off Dead. (laughs) (gasps) Ooh, I own Better Off Dead on tape but I've never watched it all the way through. The only time I sort of watched it was Mm. on a ski trip uh, in high school. I was in ski club, but I snowboarded. Oh my Um, God. And we would drive, we were like 45 minutes from where the like fake mountain in Ohio that we would do. Uh, So they would put movies on, on the drive to the mountain and Better Off Dead was one of our movies one night. So it's like they played half of it on the way there and half of it on the way back. But like, I was just fucking around with my friends. So I would like watch a couple minutes of it and then we'd talk mm-hmm. and then I'd listen to Pinkerton and then we'd <laughs> talk. And yeah, so I don't remember. I know almost nothing about this movie. Perfect. Uh, okay, so when when you were going on these ski trips, did they only play ski movies? Because this is a ski movie. Oh, it is a ski movie? I didn't even know that. No. Yeah, One time they played The Spell, and it terrified me. Ooh, I don't know The Spell. Oh, The Cell, uh, C-E-L-L, with Jennifer Lopez came out. Oh, I do know The Cell. I've never seen it, but it looked creepy as hell. Yeah, absolutely. She goes in the mind of a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, Well, it scarred me on the ski club bus ride, so I actually haven't seen that all the way through either. Oh my god! Yeah, that's that. Uh, that that'll be a uh, one that we both need to see at some point. Then, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good to know. And the Breakfast Club. That was another one that played. But so yeah, no. Oh, club. Yeah, no real through line though. Nothing not related to. You. I think because most like ski movies are like very sexy, so not necessarily appropriate for the high school extracurricular bus ride. I could see that making sense. Yeah, I did like a little tiny bit of looking into other ski movies from this. Not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, and I saw ones that felt very like uh, National Lampoon 80s style movies that were kind of sexy and kind of stupid looking. And yeah, very 80s hot dog. Yeah, uh, that's the one I thought like looked really... up. What a terrible name for a movie. <laughs> I know. It just came out. It just got like a fancy Blu-ray release. Uh, people oh my have God. been talking about it. Uh, oh. And it's Ski school was one that my group of friends was obsessed with in college, and we were like sure. playing at parties and stuff. Um, <laughs> so those are like the only two that I've seen. I think this is the only ski movie I've seen, but I looked up, I, I saw info on both of those movies last night on uh, IMDb, and I saw that 
this one was at least a little bit inspired or similar to uh, Hot Dog, but definitely different type of movie in some ways. That's so funny. <laughs> I also um, recommend the yeah. ski school like inspired episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They have like a parody ski movie episode from I don't know probably oh, like five or six seasons ago. It's really funny. Okay, well, uh, there was also a South Park episode that parodied ski movies, and it directly parodies this ski movie in a lot of ways, so you may already know something about it if you have seen that episode. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this movie is like peak, uh, it it came out in 1985, uh, Better Off Dead, and Luce, you need to see this. It's great. It's peak 80s Cusack. (laughs) Amazing. Well, tell me more. Who wrote it? Who directed it? I would love to tell you those things because I wrote them down. Uh, Here's the thing. Written and directed by the same person. Savage Steve Holland. Uh, Savage Steve Holland also directed One Crazy Summer and How How I Got Into College. Um, One Crazy Summer, another 80s Cusack movie. Did you see that one? I know. I never heard of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, they made it right after this as part of like a two picture deal. And, uh, and this was Savage Steve Holland's first, uh, like, full-length movie. Uh, after this, after the 80s, he switched to writing and directing on kids' TV shows. Uh, he created Eek the Cat. Do you remember Eek uh, the Cat? Eek the Cat? Like, yum, 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 eat the cat. No, Eek the Cat, like, oh my god, a cat, Eek. Oh, no. I Another thing I've never heard of. Amazing is his purple cat, uh, and he was uh, he was like a comedy thing. I think it was on like Fox uh, Animation or Kids or something. Very very fun, you know, Animaniacs style tar- kind of thing. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, he also worked on Keenan Kell, and then Even Stevens, Lizzie McGuire, a whole bunch of kids shows, and he wow. still does that to this day. Bunch of classics. Yeah, absolutely. He's got some classics. He's got some like new ones that are classics for like the new school sort of kids that I don't really care about at all, too. You know, a lot of like Nick and Disney and things like that, where I was like, oh, you know, now it's a specific style that I just, well, I wouldn't care anyway. I've moved on from kids shows like that. Right. You're an adult man who has adult tastes. Yes. I watch Adventure Time like other adults in their 30s. Exactly. It's the right choice. Oh, such class. Um, this movie stars John Cusack uh, as Lane Meyer. Uh, it also has a man. It has a lot of people in it. It has Amanda Weiss. I assume that's how to pronounce her last name is Beth. Do you know Amanda Weiss? I don't think so. She Do was you... uh, the first person killed in Nightmare on Elm Street. The first and person was... killed? What? Uh, yeah. In, in the movie Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street, on she was Elm the first Street. victim. I believe. Ah. I see. Okay, I'm sorry. We're getting a classic recorded in different places breakup, and I couldn't hear what you were saying. I just heard she was the first person killed, and I was like, ever? In the history of time? How is that possible? She's ageless. What a tragic story. (laughs) Yeah, she's the first immortal who was ever killed, and it happened in the 80s. Amazing. Um, but yeah, she was also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, as a person, Ooh. and I don't remember who she was in that, uh, so I can't help on that I one. That but movie. yeah, well, in this movie, she plays. Uh, yeah, in this movie, she plays the most popular girl in school. Um, we also have Diane Franklin playing Monique, uh, the French foreign exchange student. <laughs> we have Curtis Armstrong uh, as the best friend Charles Demar. 
David Ogden Steers or Steers or whatever as uh, the dad, Kim Darby as the mom, uh, Aaron Dogier as the <laughs> classic 80s blonde hunk villain named Roy Stalin. Yes, what a perfect name. Roy is so a, good. Such a rich boy name. Yeah, and Stalin is a perfect villain name. <laughs> yeah, a little on the nose, but I'll give it to him. <laughs> a little perfectly on the nose. Oh, my God. Uh, there was also a, fa- uh, a fun guest appearance from a famous uh, VO artist, Elizabeth Daly, as the lead singer of a super 80s band playing the school dance. Hmm, interesting. Um, Elizabeth Daly. Yeah, Elizabeth Daly, uh, for those who don't know, the voice of Babe the Pig, Tommy Pickles from Rugrats, Buttercup and Powerpuff oh. Girls, etc. This is her live action days. Oh, cool. And Curtis Armstrong, you said he plays the best friend? Yes, he does. He's the principal in, um, oh my God, New Girl. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. It's Jess. Yeah, so Jessica Day, Zoe Deschanel's character, is a teacher and then a vice principal. And then the principal of the school is played by Curtis Armstrong. That's wonderful. I always love seeing him in things. He's great. I saw him at the grocery store a few months ago. Oh my god, I love seeing him in the, seeing him in the grocery store. He's so good in that. I know. <laughs> I was like really psyched. I'm like, ugh, this is like a hard time. It's already hard to talk to famous people that you like, but it's even harder when people yeah. are wearing masks and trying to stay away from each other. Oh, you saw him recently, recently. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah like sometime <laughs> in the last five or so months. Whoa. Yeah, ma- during mask time, though. Oh, that's very interesting. Exactly. Huh. But I watch New Girl, like, a lot. It's our, like, before bed falling asleep show. And so mm-hmm. it's he's, like, fresh in my mind. So to see him out, I recognized him without, you know, his lips because I <laughs> see his face, <laughs> like, every night. So <laughs> That's awesome. I need to watch New Girl. I've never seen it. Highly recommend. It's very funny. Um it's a very it's like a very now show it it feels like extremely current and most episodes work really well and there's only like a couple of things that happen a couple of times that I'm like eh this feels a little dated but uh in general I think it's like very hip and very now well that's good I like that (laughs) all right maybe that'll be on my on my list of things to check out uh uh right now I'm re-watching all of Community Oh, and... nice. Yes, I did that at the tail end of last year. Oh, nice. Uh, one thing I didn't remember about this movie is that it's set in a, pra- a place called Greendale. <laughs> oh, weird. That's fun. Yeah, it was very, very surreal to to hear that name right now after watching it. Uh, I'm on season six, so like I've been hearing it every day multiple times <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, um, I think that's the... I think that's the city that they live in in um sabrina the chilling adventures of sabrina she lives in greendale very possible nice Uh, so it's the town next to riverdale in the archie universe oh really okay Mm -hmm. you know what's uh i i think that um i think that savage steve holland the director and writer of this film was involved in uh in a sabrina related thing too interesting well sabrina is one of the best television shows uh that you could be watching right now it's very very good as a really incredible trans main character that's trans uh that's a teenager and is like 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 discovering and 
experiencing and going through their transition on the show. And it's really incredible because oh, wow. I don't think there's a character that's ever been like that in a live action television show before. That's crazy. I know so many people who are doing who are doing things like that in real life. It's insane that that's not being dealt with and covered more on a show on shows. Well, it's so great too because you know it's aimed at young people and like they're such great uh, bisexual and queer, non-binary, and trans representation just in this one show alone. Uh, I feel like if I would have seen this show when I was fourteen or fifteen, it would have really saved me a lot of hassle. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see Sabrina the Animated Series? Um, Sabrina the Animated Series, no. All right. Well, um, this is a, that's that's a, a short-lived animated spinoff from the television show Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and Savage Steve Holland wrote a couple episodes, like four episodes. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. No, I didn't know that they ever did it. Although I loved Sabrina the Teenage Witch when it was when I was a teenager, and it was on, I guess, uh, probably thirteen. 14 early teen years Ooh, gotcha i was i was a clarissa guy but i never uh stuck around for sabrina uh, yeah i think clarissa was a better show mm, okay that's good to know yeah i don't uh, think all right. i don't think the sabrina the teenage witch was a very good show it was just like it's good for if you're a kid and you haven't seen that much yet oh right yeah that makes a lot of sense i feel like a lot of shows are definitely categorized pretty easily for that yeah like that was just like really stupid yeah, like all the sitcoms that we grew up with, I'm sure, have a lot of those. Yeah, totally. are like that. Uh, there's one more uh, guest appearance that I should mention in this movie, and that is from Rick Rosenthal, uh, director of Halloween 2 and Halloween Resurrection. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love yeah, Halloween 2. <laughs> well, perfect. Then you'll love seeing the director of it as a ski instructor who has been in a skiing accident. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, cool. Or a ski shop owner, rather. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I should also mention that the the creepy nerd in this movie uh, is played by Dan Schneider, who has a lot of allegations regarding basically being like a creepy pedophile with a foot fetish. Uh, he created a lot of Nickelodeon shows and was uh, fired by Nickelodeon uh, like last year, this year, something like that. Oh, is he the one who was um, maybe with, uh, Zoe Dash or Zoe uh, One Hundred One? Yeah, she, yeah, he was the Zoe One Hundred One guy. Oh, disgusting! Yeah, yeah, was... I I had no idea. I just read that article about him, and I had no idea that this was the same guy who played the creepy nerd in Better Off Dead in the eighties. So weird yeah there were definitely well people were allowed to be creeps in the 80s so i mean people were allowed to be creeps in the now unfortunately that's the shit yes. part it just kept going and going and going and it's just like nickelodeon just firing him like this or last year that's insane yeah no great point uh creeps are among us be vigilant yeah i i feel like it's it seems like when he got power over like young kids on tv shows it I mean, honestly, who knows when he started being a creep? There's no way to know that. <laughs> I'm sure it was earlier than that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but definitely the more power you get, the more ability you have to be a predator on a larger scale. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad that info, info about him is out. Yeah, I know. Good. Kind of the... I'm glad yeah, you mentioned it. It's good of... to know going in. Yeah, and I'm also kind of glad that he wasn't a good character in this movie. I feel like that makes me feel a little bit better about recommending it today. <laughs> right, right, like you're not supposed to like him anyways. Yeah, like he's he's definitely not, a, in no way, a likable character. Um, so let me tell you the synopsis of this movie. Please. 
Excellent. Uh, all right. So this uh, better off dead. Uh, high school student Lane Meyer becomes suicidal after Beth, the most popular girl in school, dumps him for the captain of the ski team. To try and win her back, he has to ski the K-12, the most <laughs> dangerous slope in town. <laughs> of course. That's what women so want. Perfect. It's like feats of heroism. <laughs> Show me how athletic what, you can be. To be honest, that's what Beth definitely seemed to want in this. Like, she wasn't necessarily the greatest character uh, at the very beginning. While she's, like, dumping him, uh, she's already framing the captain of the ski team's photo in, like, her frame that used to have <laughs> a sex picture. It's so, she's very on the nose in this, too. Wow. Um, and he's, like, he's, like, so, obs- it's weird because... It's an 80s movie, and he's obviously obsessed with her at the beginning. And at the beginning, like, on my rewatch, I was like, oh, no, is this going to age poorly because he's obsessed with this girl? And I was like, oh, no, they've been, like, boyfriend and girlfriend for six months. Like, he's not a creepy stalker. They're in a relationship. Yeah, he but just wants he, to win her back. creepy. Yeah, but no, this was before he even wants to win her back. Like, he... His room is full of pictures of her, like on every surface and all this stuff. And you're like, well, he's obsessed with this person, but he's also dating her. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because it sometimes with stories like that, it's like, what do you like about her? She seems like she has a really shitty personality. Like she's just hot and popular. That's what you like. Yeah, honestly, I don't really like they never show their actual relationship. They show like little bits and pieces where like they show little tiny flashbacks where she's annoyed at him for various things. There's really nothing that shows any redemption whatsoever. Oh, wow. Well, you're really setting yourself up then to tell us why we need to see it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. No redemption for her, at least. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. He's, he seems fine. Uh, main character, Lane Meyer. He's he's fine. You know, he's uh, he's kind of a... Uh, like a, a losery high school student, but he's definitely not a creep. Well, thank God for that. Uh, it's thank few and far God between these days. Hard to find in 80s movies in general, too. <laughs> um, and also, something interesting about this that I was that I learned while reading it is that a bunch of the elements of the movie are autobiographical for the uh, writer-director. Hmm. Uh, Savage Steve Holland was also suicidal when his high school girlfriend left him for the captain of the ski team. <laughs> you guys, come on. There's life beyond the captain of the ski team. <laughs> Apparently not for him. Oh, wow. and a couple other things also mirrored his own life. So this was a very inspired and autobiographical movie, which doesn't surprise me for it being his first feature length movie. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and another thing I realized when I was rewatching is that part of Better Off Dead happens on Christmas, so it's technically a Christmas movie, so now it's officially my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, wow, perfect. Yeah, you don't really like Christmas movies, so there you go. Yeah, this one, this is one of those good technicalities. So this is like the perfect watch for it being 100 degrees outside right now. Yes, very Christmassy. Skiing, oh, perfect. (laughs) Well, I'm very interested to hear what your reasons are, because, man, I feel like you're doing like an uphill battle. Although, of course, John Cusack, beloved. Yes, absolutely. Have you seen a lot of other 80s Cusack movies? I love Say Anything. That's probably my favorite one. Um, Great. Other than that, what is Some Kind of Wonderful? Is that him? I don't know. I don't know that one. Um, possibly. You know, I always loved High Fidelity, which is uh, 99. 
I believe. Oh, but sure, absolutely. I watched it recently at the video store when I was working, and he he's a jerk in that movie. Like that movie, yes, sucks. he is. Like he is absolutely a jerk in that movie. I can't believe I like grew up being like I love. That was like one of my favorite movies when I was a teenager and in my twenties, sure, and then no. it was like, wow, this is like a really shitty towards women movie and i he was always like portrayed as like oh man hapless guy so it didn't like yeah hap- yeah Ugh. it didn't come through um let's see 80s no i haven't seen oh tape heads yeah tape heads yeah i guess he was not in some kind of wonderful um yeah so well stand by me i've seen i didn't realize that he was in it though yeah, I also didn't realize that. Um, I love Stand By Me. I hadn't seen it in a while, though. So, yeah, I mm. guess Say Anything is really the one that I've seen. Okay, that makes sense. That's good to know. And I guess he's um, a small I'll, role in 16 I'll... Candles, but I don't feel like that. that's not really like a John Cusack movie. No, that's just Nady's movie in which he appears, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the the hint the hint that the hints at Cusack were there, but the the we didn't get full on Cusack until I think the sure thing was his first like maybe his first like starring starring one. Although I don't know who he uh, apparently he was in a movie called Grandview USA as Johnny Johnny Maine. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that one either. Uh, I hadn't oh. either, but that one has Jamie Lee Curtis and Patrick Swayze. Wow, uh, I did see the Journey of Natty Gan. That was like a Disney movie. Amazing! I don't know that one. It was like a Disney movie with I think like a dog, and it was like old timey. Um, yeah, just like a classic. Like it's the '30s, and here's somebody with an animal. I feel like every Disney movie took place Amazing. like in another time with an animal. Of course it did. It's just that some of them are talking animals. Yes. Well, the live action ones, so they were always like, "How can we incorporate a wacky animal into this story?" That's uh, adorable and very on brand. Absolutely. Uh, the Grifters. Uh, yeah, I would. That was like a 1990. I liked that movie. Oh yeah, I think that. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you got more overall into him in like 90s Cusack territory. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I think the first thing I probably saw him in was um, Con Air, when that movie yeah. came out. And I loved Con Air when I was a teenager. It's very, still very fun. And then he was mm. just in like so many movies at that time. So like I saw everything that he did for a while. Okay. Then I'm kind of excited for you to see this even more because this is, I think the first one that he uh, did as a, as a main character role. This is, this is the earliest main character Cusack that you will see then. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, because say anything's eighty nine, right? Yeah, yeah. So the first, the one I saw, yeah, because I never saw the sure thing. Uh, mm. And Journey of Natty Gan was eighty five. So yeah, down for perfect. Down for better off dead. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that reason number one then because okay. it's slated as number five, but we got into it. This was Cusack's fifth movie. Uh, after Class, the first one, which was a uh, classic on Comedy Central constantly, saw that way too often, confused it with Back to School a lot, too, because <laughs> it's also about, like, school, uh, school student, like, pri- uh, private school, high school students 
or it's about it's about high school students. You yeah, get it. I've never even um, but that heard one, of that movie either. Yeah, it had Rob Lowe as uh, as one of the main characters, and it's about a guy who uh, sleeps with I think his best friend's mom without realizing that that that's who she is. Uh, so like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's got some very eighties feelings there. Fun. <laughs> So the like American right, exactly. Pie, your mom is hot thing was not new. No, 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 no. Very, very serious movie. Not no, no. Your mom is hot at all. Like I met a woman at a bar. I slept with her. It turned out this was this guy's mom. Oh my god! Now I have to handle this oh. in our best friend relationship. Like it's not a comedy, really. That's the crazy part. Weird. Maybe, yeah. Maybe there are parts that are comedic, but I don't. It didn't feel like a comedy when I saw it felt like a serious Rob Lowe 80s movie. <laughs> the tagline is, the good news is Jonathan's having his first affair. The bad news is she's his roommate's mother. There you go. Oh, my God. Very 80s, oh. though. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I don't even remember him in class, but apparently he was in there somewhere. Uh, all right. So that was reason number one is Cusack in the 80s required viewing. Uh, reason number two, uh, every character in Better Off Dead is hilarious and specific and really memorable. They all have character games. Uh, for those who don't know what character games are, uh, it's a, it's kind of a UCB thing. And, uh, it's sort of like the one unusual thing about that character that kind of drives the comedy of them. Yeah, they're uh, and everybody in this movie has it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every single character in this movie, and there are a lot of people in it, all have great distinct character games. Uh, his best friend, Curtis Armstrong, he's been in high school for seven <laughs> years and is obsessively trying to get high off of things that are not drugs. <laughs> uh, things like Jello and snow. <laughs> like huffing them? How? I don't understand. Yes. Oh, okay. Like just straight up through the nose. Okay. So he's like <laughs> really trying to destroy that navel cavity. Yeah, he's like, there are no drugs in Greendale, so I need to figure this out because I have been in high school for seven years and I am bored. Yeah, incredibly stupid. Like, just do coke. It's the yeah. 80s. He couldn't find any drugs. He had to get him where he could. Those aren't drugs. <laughs> Apparently there was no coke in Greendale in the 80s. Okay, glue <laughs> is in every drugstore, my friend. What is wrong with you? Here See, here's my guess. He's probably, uh, he's probably over overdone glue at this point. Right, glue doesn't work. <laughs> he's probably anymore. had so much glue. Yeah, he's probably hit his glue, uh, his glue limit. I don't know if that's he'd really have to go possible. hard on glue. As somebody who <laughs> primarily traded in project boards in school, I could tell you a rubber cement <laughs> high will get you every time. Damn. All right, fair enough. I've never tried. It. <laughs> You don't even have to. Um, All you yeah. have to do is like glue down at least six things at once and you'll be like, oh shit, I'm flying high. <laughs> you don't have to try to huff it. If you open a rubber cement oh. container and it's open for more than five minutes, you're fucking baked. The things you miss out on as an Elmer's glue kid. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer's glue will not hold construction paper to a project board. I'm just saying. You need something more That's serious. one of the other things I missed out on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed out on well well held together boards. Yeah, see, Elmer's glue board will fall apart in like 24 to 48 hours. If you want to have a project board oh, last no. well into your 20s, rubber cement. Oh, no wonder it got all those C's and D's. See? Yeah, you didn't have the right glue hookup. Sorry. 
Oh, I wish I'd known you then. I, know. I wish I'd known you then. I would have gotten that rubber cement. Secrets from the Gifted and Talented <laughs> Education Program. Oh, not mine, though. <laughs> Illyria only. There you go. Different, yeah. The regional, the regional gate programs were all very different. <laughs> Ours were well stocked. We had like so an entire funny. shelf of rubber cement that we all would be like, eh, let's use the rubber cement on this project. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I don't even know if our program had shelves. So <laughs> oh, no. I think we were just taken out of class to be talked to in the uh, in the auditorium. Oh so. God, Arizona <laughs> schools need more funding. It's the truth. Thank you. So accurate. Um, yeah, so his, yeah, one, so where was I? I was talking about these characters and how they all have games. Uh, his mother is a mousy, everything's okay style housewife who is oblivious to the point where it feels like she's genuinely genuinely not in the same movie as everybody oh else. no she knows where the good glue is she, she she if anyone is immune to it after too long it's her she is all in another world oh god <laughs> see that's the <laughs> the sad experience of somebody whose life did not turn out the way they wanted it it's oh it's it's very very weird to see it's amazing uh, there's an Asian racing, racing enthusiast who's learned English from watching the wild, the wild world of sports and can only speak in an imitation of Howard Cosell's accent. That's very fun. It's so fun. And their neighbor feels like a direct pull from a John Waters movie with giant pearls and big hair and makeup and smoking. Oh, perfect. I love her. She's wonderful in this. She is the mom of the creepy nerd. Ah, oh, man. Except for and less creepy nerd. More Hun women. Yes, a hundred percent. And that is that's the household that houses the foreign exchange student, Monique. Um, so the second reason to see this is that this is a classic 80s movie to the point where it has tons of tropes in it. And it's very it's a lot like Ferris Bueller. Like I've seen a lot of comparisons after realizing that it was like that. And it's it's sort of like Ferris Bueller on very weird drugs. Hmm. Okay. I mean, fair, really, drugs feels like one of the only things that was missing from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, this one definitely feels like the opposite in terms of the viewing experience, not in terms of drugs in the in the actual movie, right, right, right. but the feeling of it because everything's so fucking strange in this. Uh, the difference is that everything goes Ferris's way, and absolutely nothing goes Lane Meyer's way which honestly felt more relatable to me. Like Ferris Bueller was my dream and Lane Meyer was my reality. <laughs> All right. That's fun. Um, yeah. And like speaking of speaking of the differences between this one and Ferris Bueller, uh, the humor in this movie is very different. Like it crosses the boundary into surreal and hyperbolic a lot of the times, which Ferris Bueller and other teen movies never really did back Ooh, then. Ooh, uh, I love that. Yeah. It has a lot of, it has a lot of very strange things like talking burgers and like sequences where it seems like John Cusack is a mad scientist <laughs> and just a lot of it, it, you know, it takes the hyperbole into the reality of it and no one really calls it out in a nice, in a nice 80s way. It sounds way. like, um, <laughs> sort of like the Scrubs humor. It's a, it's almost its own animal, hmm. I would say, but uh, in Scrubs, you know how in Scrubs uh, they would have those dream sequences, so it never really crossed over into real uh, real mm -hmm. life. The difference is that it always crossed over into real life in this one. Interesting. Oh wow, I can't even really picture. Yeah, no dream sequence. Hmm. Okay, I'm I'm interested. Yeah, it's, a, it's very nice. Yeah, it's it's nice to see a movie like that 
because you don't see it very often anymore. It's almost like you'd see it in a cartoon, but you wouldn't see it in a movie. Uh, but it fits well. It doesn't feel off-putting. Uh, and it feels like kind of an, ampli- an amplification of the situation every time in a natural way. <laughs> huh. And it's it's not and just happening way. to him? No, no. It's just straight up happening in the world. Like when the mom serves a glop of food that moves, it really is moving. And everyone's like kind of creeped out, but they're kind of also trying to keep reality. What? Like, keep talking That's to each other. so weird. Okay. That's very fun. It's weird it's a very weird style. Uh, there are a lot of different kinds of humor in this too. Also, there's like just there's a lot of small details that are super funny. There are a lot of non-broad slapstick moments, and there are a ton of great lines. It's incredibly quotable. It is one of the most quotable movies. Hmm. Uh, which I used to do a lot when I was a kid. I quoted a lot of movies uh, and TV shows, and this very much made its way into that. Uh, in fact. Uh, when I got my first computer, I think a compact Presario 2000 or something. <laughs> um, or maybe the one after that, I don't remember. Maybe it was the gateway. Uh, but I, I would download these WAV files from the internet and they would just be sound clips from movies. And I remember having clips from this a lot and just playing them and being like, this is great. Oh my God. That would be like the height of like technology. Like, I totally remember that time. Like <laughs> I could find a quote, any quote from a movie on the internet. Like it seemed like that was the future is now. It was so exciting. Like, I didn't want anything else and you from could, the internet. Not only that. Yeah. And you could make the quotes into like the sound scheme for your computer. So every time you open an email, it would quote better off dead and be like, I want my $2. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought that was so incredible. Um, I can't believe we've moved beyond that now. That was really what I was fine with the internet stopping. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, great. Yeah, that was good enough for me too. Like, I don't feel like I ever talked to people. I definitely didn't talk to people, excuse me, people on the internet at that time in my life. I was just on my computer and there was almost nothing outside of it. Yeah, I think we uh, we were probably using AOL Instant Messenger at that point, but that I, was it. And I wasn't. That's the crazy part. I was never on forums, <laughs> never on chat rooms, never on Instant Messenger. I was just living in uh, sound effect uh, <laughs> websites and stuff. <laughs> Quote, I love that. You were yeah. satisfied. Apparently it was all I needed. Uh, but yeah, very, very quotable movie. Um, and, uh, I think I've, I've garbled a little bit of the numbers on this. The last reason. No, wait, what was, was for that? It was quotable. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I I guess in order, in in terms of going back, I'll do a real quick recap. Reason number one, John Cusack in the eighties. Reason number two, uh, characters that are very, uh, that have all have character games. Reason number three, classic eighties movie. That is sort of the inverse of Ferris Bueller. Number four. Uh, the humor is really specific. And the fifth reason for why you should see Better Off Dead is the soundtrack. It is so very 80s. You feel it in every <laughs> single bar of every song. It's from Rupert Hine, who produced records for Rush and the Thompson Twins and Stevie Nicks. He was British. He was in a band called Quantum Jump. It's very <laughs> 80s. <laughs> I love the Thompson Twins. Yeah, I mean, 80s synth music is um, in like 80s pop. Yes. Uh, and like dark romantics, like basically all of that music is like my favorite music. Perfect. Uh, I think you will like the score of this film then.
Uh, Excellent. There are, there are is there like, is it people listening to me like diegetic and non-diegetic? Uh, I think it, I don't think any of it's listening to music now. Uh, but there is a oh, okay. moment that crosses over wonderfully when uh, there's a there's a moment that has the music in the background and all it's missing is a saxophone. And then John fucking Cusack comes in there and starts playing the saxophone in that song. <laughs> that is really fun. It's so really wait, John strange. Cusack also plays the saxophone in this movie. At some point, he plays the saxophone in this movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm going yeah, to roll that into, into the bonus reason that I had prepped actually uh, for, for Luce and Pete. There is a scene where he is in two tone, where 80s John Cusack is in two tone micro shorts. And I feel oh. like I oh. felt watching it. I was like, they will love this. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love it. I'm in. Perfect. All right. Uh, those are all my reasons. How do you feel? <laughs> uh, I feel excited about it. I, first so you know a lot i think a lot of 80s comedies now are soured by um the, like casual racism and misogyny and homophobia and yeah. like even movies i genuinely enjoyed growing up like 16 candles are now like just very difficult to watch and sometimes yeah. with the like obsessing over women um that even if that's all there is i start to feel like uh, i can't handle watching a movie about a guy obsessing over like a two-dimensional woman just because she's like cute sure absolutely um, so when you were first talking about that plot i guess the general plot was a little bit of a turnoff for me but then your reasons were really good especially i will say what really won me over is that they live in sort of a cartoon world <laughs> oh, and it's I such a hallmark really for this director I'm really fascinated by how a ski movie is also sort of like uh, lives in an alternative universe, that, mm -hmm. like a Roger Rabbit type <laughs> wacky universe of surrealism. Um, so that definitely won me over. Seeing him as a high school student, I mean, I really love Say Anything. So I want to see him from like that time period again. I do own it, so it's extremely easy for me to just watch it. <laughs> awesome! That's exciting. I'm glad to. I'm especially glad to hear that because it is kind of hard to find for people who do not own it. Uh, oh, it is, is it not streaming anywhere? It's not streaming anywhere that I could find. Um, and I found it for f like the entire movie free on YouTube, but not like from YouTube, not in a way where you buy or rent or watch for free. Oh, is it like somebody's recording it? it? Uh, it's, it's the, it's not, it's not like recording quality, but it's also not magical quality. It's just kind of YouTube quality. Okay. So if you full so screen like, it, you can take the pixels. It, <laughs> yeah. Like might, you might be able to watch it. You might not, depending on uh, how you are tolerant towards that kind of uh, video. Yeah, I would say so. And if, if you don't, if you want to have a better quality version, that's what, that's when it's time to get that DVD or VHS tape and watch it on your VCR <laughs> or computer that still has a DVD drive. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they actually do sell um, drives that you can just hook into your USB port. If you don't have a drive, you can buy them now, an individual like Blu-ray DVD drive. People should do this. People should go to Luce's video store and rent this if it's there. People should get this yeah. movie. <laughs> hey, we do own, we do have Better Off Dead at Videotech. We do also yeah. sell the uh, USB DVD Blu-ray drives uh, that you could hook into your computer if that's how you mainly watch things. Nice. Oh, 
Okay. Um, I think it'll look pretty fun on tape because it's like, you know, 85 was like exactly when tapes were coming out. Um, Oh, yeah. And I have an original copy. Like it's a, uh, I think it was the one that came out after it was in theaters. Perfect. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm down. It looks like there is a Blu-ray of Better Off Dead also. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad but, to hear both of those things. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. It looks like a pretty basic uh, format. But what do you look it up on just because Amazon's the first thing that comes up, not because anybody should buy from Amazon, but mm. the things bought together, it recommends better off dead plus say anything plus Ferris Bueller's day off. So there you go. Essential viewing. <laughs> Essential viewing indeed. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, this is this is one of those movies that like, um, I was originally going to call it underrated, but it's perfectly rated, but underwatched. Like not enough people have seen it, but everyone who's seen it knows it's a perfect, wonderful, like cult comedy. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really heard people talk about this movie very much, honestly. Yep, that's like, exactly it. Yeah. It's not a movie I ever hear when people are talking about eighties movies they loved or movies they were obsessed with growing up. Um, I don't think this one really gets much play. It never does. It's a tragedy to me. Oh. Well, hopefully now, let us know, listeners, if you love Better Off Dead or if you're going to, if we convinced you to watch it. Yeah, if you've seen it, let us know on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on our pages on those sites. (laughs) Um, And follow us on there, too, while you're at it. Tell us other movies we need to see. Join the Facebook group. Talk to me about Better Off Dead. We'll geek out. We'll quote it a bunch. I'll relive my elementary school years. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And, um... Yeah, you can follow me at LTV Comedy on Twitter and on Instagram and Need to See Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Perfection. You got any recommendations? I do. Well, just came out on Hulu this weekend and is at drive-in theaters across the country. Uh, I went to the drive-in last night in um, the Mission Tiki drive-in in Pomona, California to see Palm Springs starring Andy Samberg and J.K. Simmons. Um, I absolutely adored this movie. Every actor was so charming and so funny in it. Um, there is an incredible, like casual bisexual scene involving Andy Samberg that is so positive and so fun. And I have not seen anything like it in a mainstream comedy. And it made me a bisexual woman feel very seen. And I'm really excited for what this means for like the future of, uh, bisexuality in mainstream film that's awesome oh good thing it's important uh yeah it's a it's a time loop movie uh i thought maybe i was sick of these but it turns out this might be my favorite subgenre. oh yeah uh, i love groundhog's day i love the happy death day movies i love russian doll uh i think the reason why this one worked for me was that andy sandberg's character is just a regular guy he's not a bad guy he's like reminds me of me <laughs> Where he like kind of just wants to stay in the loop because it's better than life. And I was like, yeah, I've always thought that when I've watched every movie. I never understood why people wanted to get back to the real world when <laughs> in a loop. You don't have to work or do anything. Like you could just hang out in the pool and drink. And it's a fun twist on the, a well-worn genre. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that people are doing a lot of those these days in great ways. They're messing with that format really nicely. And that also reminds me of another movie that I do need to bring on to this podcast at some point. <laughs> what one? Uh, you'll find out. 
episodes. Oh, Secret Secrets. Secret Secrets. Right, what's, what's your recommendation, Cozy? Um, my recommendation is very true to form for me and also very specific to this movie. Um, it, it is a, a New Jersey pop punk band n- named after the main character of this movie uh, that was called Lane Meyer. One word. <laughs> wow. Never heard of them. No, shocking, shocking, shocking. No one ha- no one has. That's legit. Uh, no one's ever heard uh-huh. of any of the bands that I know. So that's legit. Um, it's, uh, a humble brag. <laughs> like, oh, nobody knows the music that I listen to. I know. I am made out of that type of humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think Humble Beginnings was another band that I heard of around the same time I downloaded the MP3 from Lane Meyer yeah. when I was in school. Weird. Or no, in uh, maybe high school. But yeah, they were like... Get um, out of here. I know. I can't stop myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lane Meyer, New Jersey pop punk. Uh, look them up on YouTube because they're definitely not a band anymore. They haven't been for decades at this point. They're my high oh, school wow. years. And well, uh, you'll put we'll have a link in our show notes of our recommendations. So, yes, you have to we pick will... the best one. It'll be hard to find a link for them, but there might be a way. Possibilities. <laughs> Uh, and I guess a guy who used to play in that now plays in the, uh, the uh, is Brian Fallon, who was in the Gaslight Anthem and uh, his own solo project, who is much more well-known than Lane Meyer, but still probably not well-known to anybody. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, it's not really a you need to see this episode without a music flex from Cozy. So thank you for that. Anytime. <laughs> I'm, I, I like to my, think of myself as the non-evil Cusack from High Fidelity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The much uh, more approachable version. Right. I'm the Ferris Bueller to his High Fidelity Cusack. <laughs> yeah. This is not going to line Excellent. up, but I get it. <laughs> as long as you get it, that's what matters. Oh, I'll take it. Um, okay, that's pretty much our our show. Give us that's a five star episode. Rating. Yeah, we'd love a five star rating if you got one on hand, guys. Uh, if you got one laying around, maybe a review that you wrote for something else, but you think might fit real well for this, you could uh, throw it on over. Yeah, just co- just copy and paste that review. Look, the algorithm doesn't know. Yeah, maybe even like a thumb press for subscribing if you got one handy. Like you maybe were going to give it to somebody earlier this year and you're like, I don't know if I want to celebrate 4th of July. So all my presents are going to go to somebody else. Like a subscription yeah. to a podcast. Which yeah, is just uh, extremely easy. Less than a minute to like and subscribe and tap those five stars. Help other people find us. Thank you. Help other people find us. And thank you for listening to... Wait, wait, before that, thank you to our audio engineer, Pete Burns. Thank you, Pete. Oh my God. Thank you, Pete. We could have just... That could have been the end of us right there, Cozy. It would have been terrible. You know, we would have stopped existing. He, Pete has <laughs> the power to pull the cord, so let's not anger him. Never. Not once. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> thank you pete uh Yay. i have a cake uh i will bring you your weekly cake here we and i will also bring you your weekly cake <laughs> pete has two cakes a week from us in addition he doesn't even to, eat uh, them he doesn't need to no he, he likes them. to throw them out in front of us it's about the it's fealty power and the power yeah it's a power move it's a cake-based power move i had a i'm sorry to interrupt this this very solid ending of a show uh, i had a dream last night where um, I went to an ice cream place and the only way that they could make certain toppings for the ice cream was to 
like destroy three cakes to make them. So if you got I, them, you had to buy them and they were very expensive toppings. Wasteful. I, <laughs> I think that that dream is just another commentary on the wealth uh, inequality here in America. So thank you for that thank statement. You. At the end. Absolutely. Thank you for such an accurate read of my dream. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Look, it all comes back to smash capitalism, people. Yes, it does. Smash capitalism. Smash that free subscribe button. And thank you so much for listening to you. You. Need to say this. Need to say Just in time you changed my mind. Lies like starlight. Man, that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that.